Let me apologize. Uh, Joe reminded me that only Apple comp um, and Mac's books are allowed at the pulpit, so I'm bringing a Windows a machine, so I apologize for that. But if you don't tell Lucas, I won't. Okay. So, a couple of things before we get started. Worship team, that was amazing. I know you didn't want to stop. I know Gavin didn't want to stop. We didn't want you to stop, but we, we did. Um, Gavin, I just want to remind you quickly. Um, we were all younger once, okay? We were all thinner once, okay? And I've got pictures. Just a little bit more this way, please. And I've got pictures and proof of that. If I told you that I looked like um, Chris here, just with a tan, just in, in, picture Chris with a tan, a heavy set tan, then that's how I looked many, many decades ago. Eh? Now I had hair. I got, I, got, I got pictures in the car. I'll show you afterwards. I promise. Okay. Hey, Thomas. Why are you? Um, and so if you are 25 and younger, can you stand up, please? Okay. Take a good look around. Take a picture. Because this is as thin as you're going to get. Okay, have a seat. And God just starts extending your pegs. That's what I call it. Okay, as you get older. And then Gavin mentioned, um, you were talking about the race. So what we're going to hear today, hopefully, is going to encourage you in your race. The fact that you're here today means your race hasn't been run yet. It isn't finished yet. Maybe for some, and only God knows how close we are to the finish line. But the fact that you're here today, your race is not complete yet. And then I got really excited when I came into church this morning, okay? And even while I was looking at the worship team, I was looking at this next generation, this younger generation, and I got very, very excited. If they are doing this now for the Lord, imagine when they're a little seasoned. So I want to just encourage those of us that are on the other side of the 25-year-old curtain. There's a generation. Keep feeding into them. Keep encouraging them. So that one day we can hand the, the baton over to them. Vern, make yourself comfortable. I want you to receive fully today, Vern. And then I've got another picture. It seems like when you stand close to Gavin, you start getting pictures. So Gavin is known as the picture elder, okay? And then I've got a picture of a, of a hurricane or a tornado, almost like in a cartoon one. And it was going in between us, in between the rows, and it was like taking out all the junk. Have you seen the cartoon? Then it... It twirls and twirls and twirls and things just get sucked into it. I really got a sense as we were worshiping over there that, we, that God was sucking up all the sort of the junk that was in our lives. And now I want to teach you guys a word. Can we learn a word before we get into the word? Okay. So I came across this word and it's uh, called Shema. Have you heard about it? It's a Hebrew word, Shema. Mark, you don't know about it because you know everything Hebrew? I'm so I'm I'm stoked now because I'm going to teach Mark something today. Okay, so it's called Shema. Okay, it's a Hebrew word, and these are a set of prayers that I love it. Zach, Zach knows about it. Beautiful, well done, the Smiths. And so these are a set of prayers that the Jewish people pray. And just bring up the the, the next one. So we find one of them in Deuteronomy, and it says, "Hear, O Israel." So. The Shema speaks to the prayer, but it also speaks to the first word. So Shema is listen, but not only with your ears, not only with your head, 
not only with your heart, but your whole being. And often, sometimes it gets repeated. Listen, listen. So I'm going to ask you if you can shema what I'm about to, to, to share today, that it goes in the ears, bounces around in the head, because there can't be too much space of bouncing because it's full up with the brain, settles in the heart, and then you live it out, because that is the true meaning of listen. I'm going to hear, and then I'm going to put into action. Okay, so I'm going to put on my special powers, if you can just pass me that. So these are my special powers that I need on a daily basis. Then I start turning into all that God has asked me to be. So these are my special powers. Okay. Should have shared earlier with Gavin. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, Gavin. I don't like to share, Gavin. Yeah. Let me set the timer here so that we end up at 3 o'clock. I mean, we're, gonna, we're, we're really here today. Okay. Okay. So hopefully I'm going to chat a little bit about some truths. Okay. I want to throw out a disclaimer. Anything that you see that is not of God, that you hear that is not of God, ignore it. That is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to go home, to go check what's in the Word of God, as much as it's my responsibility to share what is found in the Word of God. Okay. So as sons and daughters of God, we look eagerly for the second coming of the Lord. Correct? Who's looking eagerly for the second coming of the Lord? Because if you're not looking for the, for the second coming, why are you here? Why did you join him? Because that is what. So maybe it'll be in our lifetime, or maybe it'll be later on. But we are going to be joined up with Jesus. Okay. So don't just take my word for it. Let's look at Matthew 24, 30, and then at John 14, 1 to 3. And then at last, the sign of the coming of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens. And there will be a deep mourning among all the nations of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man arrive on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, if you don't look at that thing and get excited, then you're probably looking at the first part, the deep mourning. But if you're a son and daughter of the Most High, you're looking forward to His glory. And just show me in John 14, 1 to 3. Please, Ash. Don't be troubled. You, you trust God. Now trust in me. Not me, Jesus. There are many rooms in my father's home, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. If this was not true, I would tell you plainly, when everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. I'm excited. There's a place for me up there. There's a place for you up there. He's coming back. This is just temporary. This is just temporary. So there are many roles that we perform for God, right? Sons and daughters, saints. What are some of the other roles? Sorry? Pastors. Give me some more. Sorry? Apostles. Apostles. Okay, let's go with that. Okay. Anything else? Anything else? Servants. Slaves. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Anything else before I continue? Snails. Oh, disciples, yo. Gavin needs glasses, and I need, what's his name? Sure. Such a, yo, I'm glad you guys are encouraging me. Okay. The one that I wish to speak to you about today is a steward. Okay, so this is not a stewardship teaching in as much as it is a stewardship teaching. Okay. So often when I say steward, I want you to think of a manager as well. 
And when I say manager, I want you to think of a steward. Anybody a manager here in your capacity at work? Put your hand up. Don't be shy. But what do you manage? Okay, cool. So when you manage, you, there's usually a team or a couple of things that have been put under you. Okay? And in this case, I've been put under my wife, apparently, according to her. When Jesus speaks of a steward, he speaks of a manager or someone who is faithful and wise. Are you faithful and wise? We're going to discover that later. And so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, but the one that I want to point us to is Luke 12, 42 to 46. Please, Ash. And the Lord replied, I'm talking to, a, to any faithful, sensible servant to whom the master gives the responsibility of managing his household and feeding his family. And if the master returns and finds that the service has done a good job, there will be a reward. Brilliant. We love that part. I assure you the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. Next one, Ash. But if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while and begins oppressing the other servants, parting and getting drunk, well, the master will return unannounced. Big thing. Unannounced and unexpected. He will tear the servant apart and banish him with the unfaithful. So there's the good and the not so good. So we get to go see today who are the unfaithful and who are the faithful ones. So a little, one scripture before this, Peter's talking to Jesus and asking, who are you talking about? Who is this people? And Jesus is saying, first of all, it's to the ministers, to the pastors, to the elders, to the leadership that have been put in charge of people. Woe to you. There are conditions to what you need to adhere to. So Peter asked this verse in 31, but we're going to take a step a little bit back. I want to give you the full context. So if we go to 35 and 40, or 35 to 40, be dressed for service and well prepared, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Be ready. There will be a special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. I tell you, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. How amazing is that? Let's go, Ash. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. You won't know when. But whenever he comes, there will be a special favor for his, for his servants who are ready. Know this, a homeowner who knew exactly when a burglar was coming would not permit the house to be broken in. You must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So Mike, I've got two questions, well, three questions for you. What has God called you to? And have you been faithful? And are you spiritually awake? Because that scripture talk to you. doesn't talk to the four and one elder that's on holiday. doesn't talk to just the deacons. It doesn't talk to just the calm leaders. It talks to all of us, each and every one of us. So the key here is being spiritually awake, spiritually acute to what is happening. It is to be found as a good and faithful servant, one that is on watch, often like a soldier. And we've painted this picture many times before. In, the, in a castle setting, you would have soldiers. Every couple of meters, they would put soldiers out there. And their job is throughout the night and throughout the day is to keep watch. Is the enemy coming? Has their king gone away and is coming back? 
can we get things ready for them? And that's for each one of us. We need to be found waiting upon the Lord. What is the Lord doing? What is He wanting to do? So I think we've shared this before. So Gavin, knowing in the week that he was going to lead, he now needs to go before the Lord. What is it that you want to do? Not what is it what Gavin wants to do, all the elders want to do. It's what did you want to do, Lord? And throughout the week, he's waiting upon the Lord. And even while he's busy here, and even while I'm preaching here, we are waiting. Where would you want to go? Do you want to go a little bit left? Do you want to go a little bit right? Do you want us to go forward? And so we need to be spiritually awake. We do not need to be distracted. And I find it so, everything that happened this morning, I, I, was, you know, I was chuckling inside. Chuckling is laughing, just in case. Not the chocolates. It's the laughing part. Okay. That oh, we were a little bit distracted right in the beginning when the words didn't come out. We kept looking behind. As if our looking behind is going to ha- help the guys at the back. They know the words are not on there. Your looking behind is not going to help them. But you got distracted. Don't get distracted. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. When you worship, worship from the inner side. The lyrics are there just to help you and to guide you. I hope you helped you there, Ash. Nobody will look behind anymore. Okay. Do not become distracted and enticed what the world has to offer. Nothing that the world has to offer can satisfy you. I've been spending some time in worship and I've been chatting with Anton. Uh, what is it? Graves to Graves to Garden. Yo, yo. Yo, what a song. Yo, I'm telling you. And it says nothing, nothing but you, Jesus. Nothing that the world has. So I'm going to get a little excited and get a little hot. Just bear with me. Nothing, no, no, no latest iPhone. And I'm not against iPhones. I'm going to go to Samsung as well because the girls love their iPhones. I know. Everybody loves their phone. Nothing, no next attraction, no new CDs form, no new technologies ever going to compare to the presence of the Lord. And if you can spend time in the presence of the Lord, yo, take it. Take it and go and spend time. Because when you find that one song, I mean, there's many songs. I just happened to find two, three songs. And it's almost like if I had a tape, you know, those old school tapes, you have to be over, older than 25 to know about tapes. If you got this tape, you, it will get wound up. If it had an LP, it would get warped. The needle will go, something like that. And why is my, see if I had a Mac, I wouldn't have these issues. Okay, there we go. So spend time with the Lord. It is good. He will show you what you are created for, who you are created for, what you need to do. And he will help you not get distracted. Okay. So let's go on a little bit. So I've, I've built the key now of what we need to do. And so in the scriptures, the faithful servant, the faithful manager, the faithful Christian, the faithful son and daughter gets blessings. I don't know if you guys noticed that. The blessings are sometimes material things, and sometimes the blessings are on this side, but sometimes the blessings are on the other side of the curtain. One day when you are with Jesus. And it might not always be now, it might not always be next week, it might only be in a couple of years' time. But the blessings don't talk only about material things. They talk actually about the character of the person. I don't know if you guys noticed that. That blessed 
that they were talking about. Talks about the character of the person. Someone, a servant who is watchful at all times. Someone who is looking after the flock. You know, like a shepherd. A shepherd is a, yeah, I don't even know how the jobs existed. So you got a couple of sheep, and you're out in the field, usually away from town, and you are on your own. Nobody comes and visits you. You start off early in the day, and you finish late at night. And it's usually a low-paying job with not a lot of reward. You get a little stick. Those are the benefits. And then you've got to face whatever comes that day. If a wolf decides to come, if a bear decides to come, if a lion decides to come, you're pretty much on your own. Because by the time you leave the sheep and go and ask for help and come back, half of them are gone already. Okay. But that's what we are called to be. Our nature needs to be one that is happy, prosperous, one that is to be admired. If you look through those scriptures, God speaks, or Jesus speaks of admiration for the faithful servant. And I don't know about you, but it's an awesome thing to be admired by the Lord. His admiration is something we should seek for. But I want to go a little bit further than that. I want to encourage you that Jesus needs to be enough. He needs to be our reward. Even if you've got nothing else, not a new pair of shoes, not the latest cell phone, not anything else on this earth. What if things went pear-shaped for you? You lost your job. Your dog bites you. Your wife doesn't want to greet you when you come home. No, I'm only joking. What if all of those happens to you and that happens all to you in one day? Would Jesus be enough? Would where you right now be enough? You're never going to get a promotion. And it's a healthy place for us to get into it. That Jesus is our reward. In as much as we are His reward, He is our reward. But it goes on further. It says, this faithful steward has peace. Have you noticed that? He doesn't worry. Because he doesn't know when his, when his master's coming, but he's been appointed a set of things, and he's doing it faithfully. Have you ever got stuck in a job, and you are just enjoying this job? It might not be going perfect, but you are enjoying it. And then, out of the blue, you get called into the office by your manager, and he says, come in, come have a seat here, and now you're thinking, oh, my hat. Usually when the manager calls you in, it's like being called into the principal office. What have I done wrong? Usually we used to use a word that is now banned in Josh Chain. You come in for a clappuccino. Okay, at least that's what we think. And then to your surprise, the manager says, I want to give you a promotion. I want to give you more, more money. I want to give you, extend your responsibilities. I want to set you up for maybe one day when I go away. How does that feel? That is the kind of Jesus that we serve. That's the kind of one. He looks for one that is faithful, that he can set up for the things. Because imagine I gave something to Chris. And, okay, let's go with glasses. I gave Chris my glasses. And I said, look after it. Polish it. Make sure that my vision increases after it. Do not wear it. No, <laughs> no, just joking. Just joking. He was going for it. And I come back the next day, and Chris, or the next week, whenever I come back, is a crack in the glasses. One arm is gone off. My vision is worse because I can't see through all the cracks. 
How am I going to feel? Do I promote Chris? Why not? Did he do a bad job? Some people are screaming, mercy, mercy. <laughs> You're speaking to the wrong elder. No, I'm really joking. I was speaking to the wrong Okay. But imagine the other side. Chris has the arms replaced. He has the scratches taken out. And Chris gives it back to me and off he goes. What should I have do with Chris? Should I reward him? Should I reward him? Who says yes? It's a very non-committed congregation this morning. Who says yes? Okay, who says no? Sure. Yeah. Would it be wrong if I, if I rewarded Chris? No. What's it? Okay, we'll, come, we'll deal with Michael later on. Would it be wrong if I rewarded Chris? Okay. Would it be wrong if I didn't reward Chris? It's at my mercy and a discretion, right? Every time we step out for things for the Lord, does He always bless us? Does He always give us things? Yes and no. Sometimes He does, but actually He's looking after us, the breath that is still in our lungs. We often look for the outside material things, as in, I got money, I got a job, people know me, I'm in front here, so I'm doing well for you, Lord. But that's never the case. That's not always the case. What about those inner things where people start talking about you as they say, yo, you know that Bassie? Yo, there's just something about him. There's something of Jesus in him. And we forget about those blessings where God has worked into our character. So a faithful servant is one where God is working on the inside as well, in as much as he's looking out on the outside. Can I just get some water? Why do we say water? I noticed as we were singing it was water. I was walking on the water. Jesus connected the readiness for his return to a life of love, spiritual focus, and self-control. How are those three things in your life? Because you cannot be a faithful steward or manager and you lack these things. The faithful servant or manager or steward will be given more. You'll be given more responsibility and more responsibility and more responsibility. But now comes the warning. I notice when people take out the contracts, they love the cell phone, they love the minutes, they love the data, they love everything. But they never look at, this, at the final print. Who doesn't look at the final print? You know that really small part, maybe at the, at the bottom of the page or at the end of the last page, where it says that if you don't renew on the 24th month, that come the 25th month, we're going to charge you double. We're going to take half your minutes away. You guys ever experienced that? Or are you guys that diligent that you look at your data every single day? Nobody here? Gary, not you? Because you're going to get into a stage now when the baby comes. Brother, you better sleep now. Because <laughs> when that baby comes, you're not going to be sleeping, not for days, not for weeks, for months, maybe years. Okay? I'm not confessing a bad child of you. But brother, your work is going to start, brother. Okay. So there comes a warning to all of us. 
spiritual laziness and sleepiness will result in us not being aware when Jesus comes back. So remember we're saying we're looking focused for Jesus. We're being a faithful, diligent steward so that when Jesus comes, we are ready. We can show Jesus this. However, if you have spiritual laziness or sleepiness, you will know when the Father comes, when the Son comes, when His Spirit comes. And it's something that every Christian needs to be on the watch out for. Because we first come to the Lord, now we're excited, we're burning for Jesus. Put up your hand, you want to get involved in everything. And maybe you become a calm leader, and maybe you become a youth leader, or you overlook over 100 people. And you come into trouble, and you, and you have your challenges, and the years pass, and you're thinking, Jesus, where the heck are you? I, I signed up for five years, five years of service, and you haven't arrived yet. And what happens? We start withdrawing into ourselves. We start doing the things that we want to do. Complacency sets in. We become tired and weary. Sorry, if I offended anybody by saying heck, I apologize. It was not meant to, to offend anybody. So let me just put that in quickly. So we become tired and weary. We even become cold. Our hearts start wandering. We start looking for the next best thing that is out there. And before you know it, Jesus comes. We even start presuming. This is what the Lord would have said if he was here. This is what I feel the Lord is saying. I, I, we, I. But it's from a heart that has wandered far from the Lord. Can I give you a word of encouragement? Unless you know 100% it is the Lord, just share what is in His Word. It's the safest way you can go. Um, let's go a little further. We dictate instead of following the Holy Spirit. Our outward actions start reflecting what is happening on the inside of our hearts. The rot has already happened. We stop taking care of the condition of our hearts. Our salvation is at risk. And our hearts grow colder and colder. And as the word says, it becomes bad. That is the result of an unfaithful servant or steward. We start to eat and drink and then become drunk. In other words, we become more concerned about the worldliness than those that have been put into our care. We start beating those that have been put into care. Not physically, but we start abusing them. Start taking them as if they're part of our dominion or what we would want to do. If you're ever in that stage, please stop. Please stop. If you see it in a leader, please go to them. Go to your elders. Go to your leadership. Stop. Because you don't know when that person's time is up. And if you look the other way, what if Jesus came that night and found an unfaithful servant? Because he's going to tear that unfaithful servant apart. These are not my words. This is Jesus' words. He's going to cast them aside into the lake of fire. Don't ever get to the stage where I am guaranteed. We've got to be found working at our salvation. So our faith, we are saved by faith. But there is a works that is an outpouring of our work in Christ. doesn't mean we get saved and we go and sit down and say, now come Jesus. No. We need to be found working. A faithful servant is working. There was works in there. 
Do not become disqualified. Do not become caught off guard. You are, you are in big trouble if you are. You see, a poor steward lives life without the expectation of his, father's, oh, sorry, of his master's return and shows it in several areas of his life, which I just shared now. Let's go to 2 Peter 3, 9, please, Ash. If this is your thinking, you are in trouble. If this is my thinking, I'm in trouble. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise to return, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. Sorry, sorry, wrong scripture. I was jumping ahead. What I meant was, if you are saying the Lord is being slow about His return, then you're in trouble. But this should be our stance. And this should always be in the back of our head. If we ever get to the point of why is it, I mean, if you look at the generations, the time is near, the time is near. Your grandparents were saying that. Your parents were saying that. You'll hear now that the time is near. But this is the reason why the time is near, and only God knows why. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise to return, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish, so He's giving more time for everyone to repent. That is loving patience. Not I'm waiting for uh, supper time or I'm waiting for the latest release. That's not patience. That is loving patience. That he will hold back his son. He will hold back his son. He will hold back his son because there's more and more. So our stance point should be, I'm not going to wait for a gathering. I'm not going to wait for... Uh, Jonathan to come. I'm not going to wait for somebody special to come to start inviting people. Our stance point should be, Lord, show me who at work you want me to, to, to speak to and invite. Who in my soccer circle do you want me to invite? Who, as I'm standing in the, in the, the shopping uh, center in the line to pay for goods, do I want to invite? And it's not about filling ch um, um, chairs here for Josh Chen. We're not interested in the size of Josh Chen. We're not here to promote Josh Chen. But we want to get as many people into heaven, many people to hear the word, because one day that will be the end. One day he will come, and the Father will release his son. And then it will be, too, and it will be over. Then it will be too late. So I want, to, I want to ask us, can we position our hearts, please, on a daily basis? Upon rising, Lord, who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to invite? Who do you want me to help get into heaven? You see, every time we do our own will and follow our own hearts, what we want to do, the following happens. We forsake God's will and replace it with our own. We become our own God and our own Lord. We dishonor the king and his sacrifice. We become blind to what is spiritually re real. We no longer look for the Lord's coming. And we have fully embraced wilderness. A presumption, a presumption that's been said, a presumption of Christ's delay is to justify wilderness that has been put in our heart in a position of spiritual suicide. I know that's a mouthful. But the condition of our heart will always dictate our position and the stance we take to the unsaved. 
So what happens is the outcome of the, uh, when the master comes. We already moved, and we wonder, what happened? Why am I removed? I'm doing so wonderful. We exchange his favor for dishonor and disgrace. That's, those are nice, not nice clothing to wear. The reality is when Jesus comes, he will punish those who are not ready and denied his coming. And remember, he's talking about us here. When the master comes, he will let the punishment match the offense. People always cry out, justice. We live in an age of justice, justice, justice. But when Christ meets our justice, let us be found on his side, not on the other side. Those who knew how to be ready and yet, will, and yet were not will be punished worse than those who do not know and were not ready. So this is an encouraging word. It might not sound like an encouraging word, but it all depends on where you find yourself. Because if you are spiritually faithful, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. This is the, 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 the my, maybe I was running on empty, but now you've given me that extra fuel that I can go on. But if you're not spiritually faithful, you're saying, you, man, I need to pull up my socks. So let me encourage you with this. Stay spiritually awake and on guard. Remain humble and be found at work. Works that come from His will and an outpouring of your walk of faith that is found in Jesus. Do not give in to spiritual stupor. Remain ready for Jesus' coming. Can we just go to Luke 21? Watch out. Be that soldier on the tower of your salvation. Don't let me find you living in careless ease and drunkenness and filled with the worries of this life because they can do nothing for you. Don't let that day catch you unaware as in a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep a constant watch and pray that if possible you may escape these horrors and stand before the Son of Man. So how do we become alert and spiritually awake and ready for the Lord's return? One, to not be hypocritical but sincere. Luke 12, one. Sorry, Ash, I'm, I'm going so fast. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and crossing each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, be aware of the heast of the Pharisees. Be aware of the hypocrisy. Do not be fearful, but always ready to witness. The next one, Ash. Do you want me to get it on this side? It's okay, Ash, you're doing absolutely beautiful. Um. Okay, let me read it from this side. Um, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, I have nothing more that they can do. But I will point out to, to you whom you should fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority and power to hurl you into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And it goes on. Then do not be worried by trusting. Uh, Twelve. 
uh, 25 to 28? Can all your worries in a single moment, uh, sorry, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And if worry can't do a little things like that, what's the use of worrying over even bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. God's got it in control. Not the financial index, not politicians standing with a loud microphone. God's in control. He has been right in the beginning. Before we even entered the picture, He was in control. And long after, when this has all been said and done, He will still be in control. Do not be greedy, but generous. I said it was a part stewardship, part not stewardship teaching. 1234. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. If you've been thinking about how far can I get through this week financially, or where can my next investment come, or what am I going to do next week, or next month, or next year, I'm just going to say temper that, please. Bring it under the Word of God. Because you're like the guy who built new bonds. He had an overflow, but he forgot where that overflow came. It came from God. And he had prepped the barn and everything for the next day, for the next season. And God called him that night. God called him. And what was left? It was left behind to rot. This is just a temporary. This is like a passageway from here to get beyond that curtain. Okay? Don't hold on to your finances. Don't hold on to those treasures. The gold, the rust, the, sorry, the gold will rust, even though gold doesn't rust. Gold will rust. All those other things will all disappear. They will be left behind. But you want your treasures up in heaven. Be spiritually awake and alert to the Lord's coming. That shows that you're operating in love. So, in conclusion, we have all been given enough opportunities and gifts and duties to keep us busy, diligent, and watchful until Jesus comes. If you have not, come and speak to us. We've got a long list of duties. I'll send you to Joe. He'll give you duties till the, till the Lord comes again. Okay? And lastly, may our lives be more like Christ so that when He comes, we'll be ready to greet Him joyfully. So, I, I always be mindful, this is not a platform for me to entertain anybody. I have a responsibility to share the Word of God. And even while this, I was wrestling, Lord, this might sound a little heavy. I've got to do what the Lord wants me to do. And so if you're feeling convicted, come and speak to us. If you're feeling condemned, that is not us. That is not the point of this word. I don't want anybody going out here feeling down in the dumps from a point of, sure, I've tried my best and it still doesn't seem to be good. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I want to encourage us that when the Lord, to, first of all, to look for, for the Lord's coming, and until He comes, can we be found faithful? Can we be found at His work? And that takes many, many forms. 
I'm not saying all of you now need to leave your jobs and come and work for the church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's a life that is surrendered to the will of God. It's a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. It's a life that has positioned itself for the better of those around it. So when you wake up in the morning, how can I be like a flower? Whether it be at work, whether it be at church with people. It's nothing worse than getting to a place of influence and yo, when the people see you, they're wanting to run. That's not what we want to do. And you will notice none of us is perfect. And I stand before you as somebody that's not perfect. We try every single day. And that's what I want to encourage you. Try every single day. Your race is not done yet. For some of us, it might be, oh, wait, I didn't train that well. That's fine. Or I, I, I'm halfway and I'm feeling like I've got a lot of energy. Is something wrong? Relax. Go and speak to your calm leaders. Go and speak to the deacons. Come and speak to your elders. Or maybe, yo, I still got a long way to go and I feel ill-equipped. I'm running out of energy. Come. We don't want anybody sitting there not belonging to a calm just hoping and praying to get from one Sunday to the next. That's not the point. So I want to encourage each one of us, wherever you find yourself today, your race is not done yet. However, you don't know when it will be. So if you're in this race of life, and I hope you will give me the license, Gavin. If you're in this life race, but you don't know who you're running for, you don't know where the prize is or who the prize is or who is the person who signed you up for this race. You do not know this Jesus that I spoke about. Then I want you to put your hand up. Because there's nothing worse than running in a race, getting to the other side to discover you were in the wrong race. That you thought you were running for this person or for this reward, only to be in the wrong race. Maybe it's your work situation. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's all the worries of the world that are holding you down like a shackle. I want to encourage you today, you don't have to. That position is not worth it. That amount of money is not worth it. Not if it's going to pull you out of the race running for Jesus. So I want to ask with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anybody here and you're not running the race for Jesus, you haven't been set up and trained by Him, with Him using His people, then I want you to put your hand up and I want to pray for you. I want you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your race master. He's the one that's going to equip you and set you up. Is there anybody? Awesome. We've got a hand over here. Awesome. And another one over there. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And another one over here. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just get a couple of people around there? One. Two and three. Oh, and they're at the back as well? There's not another, a fourth one? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to have people that's going to be come alongside them and pray. But I want to speak to another group. Have you run this race by your own rules? You have decided, I need this. I need to do this. I need to have this. And if I do all these things, then I'm running the race well. Maybe you thought you were a faithful manager, a faithful steward. But now looking at God's words, you realize, hey, I kind of missed the mark. I kind of missed the mark. I did not know, but now I know. There was grace over you. God wanted you to hear this word today so that he can come alongside you and train you, retrain you. If there's anyone like that, I want to ask you to come forward. I was going to ask you to go to the com, but I realized not everybody might be in com. And I, I hate to defer to tomorrow what can be done today. And it's going to take some sort of bravery from you to step up. So once again, heads, heads bowed, eyes closed. I just want us to search our lives. Have we been that faithful manager, that faithful steward? Have we been managing according to God's rules, God's principles? Have we done it according to His standard? Because if we haven't, we've missed the mark. And you know what you do when you miss the mark? You confess that you've missed the mark. And you know what the beauty is with Jesus? He comes and He forgives, and He helps us daily to see the mark and to not miss it. I'm not going to labor this a lot any further, but if you are that person, I'm going to ask you if you can come forward. Cool. Lovely. Awesome. That we have faithful managers. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Anybody else? Anybody else? Can then I ask one or two faithful stewards to come alongside and pray for them. I'm going to give us one more chance. Anybody else, if we've missed the mark, can you come forward so we can correct it? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.